We're Suze and Meg. We've been friends for over 20 years and now we're 40. Join us on 40 Things at 40 as we explore this new decade of life. We've each made a list of 40 things to try and we're cheering each other on. Listen in as we chat about our adventures, getting older, and why pushing outside our comfort zone is so important. So today, welcome everybody to the 40 Things at 40 podcast. It is episode six. Today's date is April the 1st, for reals. It is not a joke. Uh, this is really happening right now. My name is Maggie Wren, and with me as always is my partner, Hi everyone, this is Susan Shuffley. Thanks for being here. Today we have a special guest with us, someone all the way from the United States who's not quite 40, which is very exciting. We get to talk with somebody before they turn 40 today. So special guest, would you introduce yourself? Yes, hi, thank you for having me. So I am Tessa Keys, and I live in the state of Illinois, um, but the southern part of the state, so not very close to Chicago. Um, we have many more cornfields than city skyscrapers. Um, so I am a, a wife, a mother of two young boys, um, and yes, I am 39 years old. I will be 40 in September. I'm really looking forward to it. I haven't really been someone who's worried about age before. I still am not worried now, but when you tell people your age, they're like, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I am really excited to look forward to being 40 and to tell everyone else how great 40 can be and will be. It will. Oh, that's Amazing. I know. This is great. So we're already excited to talk to you. And Tessa, when's your birthday in September? I have to ask. So my birthday is September 7th, which um, every now and then falls on Labor Day. And what's really cute is when I was born, my mother was in labor on Labor Day. And so she really likes my birthday. That's awesome. My birthday is September 6th. So we're Virgo sisters over here. We are. It's exciting. I thought you were going to have the same birthday. I was like, small world sometimes brings people together and all of the things line up perfectly, but... (laughs) September is a beautiful time to be born. Fall is my favorite season. You know, this is, I do love the fall. Anyways, uh, not about Meg's favorite season. Okay, Tessa, I'm going to ask you, we're going to go through the same questions we asked Janine and we asked Maria just to kind of stick with our standard format. And so I'm going to ask you the first question, which is, tell us a little bit about yourself, Tessa. Who is Tessa? <laughs> sure. So, um, I am someone who really likes relationships and people. Um, I I really have a lot of fun doing whatever I can that involves talking to people. (laughs) I like talking. Um, I really enjoy reading. Um, Lately, though, many much more on the audiobook type of reading because you can do other things. Um, Yes you know, while you're listening to, to your book. I have lived kind of around the Midwest, South United States. So I've been in Florida and Minnesota and Oklahoma and Indiana and Missouri, North Carolina. So um, it's kind of fun. I feel like I have a lot of, um, you know, just experiences. I feel like I've experienced a lot. Um, And I know we will get into more on that later, but 
I had an opportunity to kind of nanny a boy in a hospital once. And um, like for three months, I, I stayed the night so his mom could get a break two nights a week. And he just really had a big impact on um, making sure that you like enjoy and have fun and experience everything that you can. So, so yeah, I think I like to play hard as best I can. Um, but also really I'm trying to like, you know, kind of like enjoy the present, not necessarily thinking about what happened in the past or looking too much forward to the future, but like a good kind of balance of both of those and just enjoy where I'm at, feel, feel satisfied. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of me. Um, I'm not overly active. <laughs> I know people it's not required. I, en I enjoy some good relaxation. <laughs> um, <laughs> what would be your favorite relaxation things to, to do or to not do? So my favorite thing to do if I could pick my favorite relaxation would be a hot tub, yes. a good book and mm -hmm. some wine. Mm -hmm. I don't own a hot tub. It would be lovely if I did one day. Mm -hmm. So I have, um, I don't even actually have a really comfortable bathtub. So that's probably not something that is a daily re relaxation, but I have, my, you know, my Coke makes me happy. Coca-Cola makes me yeah, happy. To be clear, let's clarify. Be clear. Yes. just took a turn. <laughs> So I, lo I, I get that in, in wine and coffee. You know, I, I certainly like my drinks, um, but I, I really like diving into a nice good book. They're, they're, they're a nice like brain break from everything yes. going on. Definitely. Yeah. And you work in, we might get to this later, but you work in higher ed. Mm -hmm. So can I ask, how did you find your way there since yeah. we all work in that field? Yes. Mine was a meandering path. So um, it started off, you know, high school, I wanted, um, I wanted to actually be an obstetrician. I loved babies. Um, I wanted all the babies and wanted to have babies. <laughs> and so, but I soon realized that being an obstetrician means that you're not home for your own family as much yeah. because babies are born when they want to be born. And so I really didn't like the idea of being on call. Um, it wasn't even so much of a, like, school came easily. You know, I, I feel, I think at the time I felt, I didn't feel like it was too challenging academically. I just felt like it wouldn't have worked for family life. A whole 18-year-old thinking about the family. So deep at 18. <laughs> wow. It's smart. Yeah. So then I thought, well, let me go to nursing school and I'll just be an OB nurse. And so I at least have a set schedule. So I started working at a, a very large hospital um, near me and started going to nursing school and the nurses were not very happy in their lives. And I had to work nights and weekends and holidays. I was like, whoa, whoa, this isn't any better. No, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I thought elementary education. So I I went to a kindergarten class and shadowed someone for like four hours. Oh, bless no, your heart. Never no. again. I hard was done. Pass. Yeah. Hard pass. Such a hard pass. Yeah. And at that time, um, my institution, because I'm almost 40, so there was no such thing as online registration. So you had to go to your academic advisor 
to set out your classes. And it was this whole process and whole rigmarole. And by the time, and you, I wanted, I commuted. I didn't live on campus. Right. So I wanted my classes only on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So it was very strategic in how I put this together. And I loved meeting with my academic advisor. And so I soon said, well, how about, how do I become you? And then that led me into the world of student affairs. Um, so after, after undergrad, I went into to a graduate program where I recognized that I knew nothing about student affairs. I, I was not a, a person who, I didn't live on campus. I wasn't involved in student organizations and activities. I was someone who just came to school just to do my classes and leave. My friends yeah. were home, you know, that, that my friends were at work. I really didn't connect much on campus. And so graduate school was very challenging because I felt like um, I didn't belong. I felt like this was not, um, I, I just, how would I compete among my peers to get a job one day? Thankfully, I got a job in, in, in academic advising, and then I've kind of worked my way through um, to um, a kind of more of an academic side, less student affairs, um, where I work with students in, in their um, kind of research projects. And so, um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a, um, each, each experience at work kind of built upon the other. Um, but yeah, so that's, it was, it was a, 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 a running away from two other professions that led me into student affairs. I relate to that so much. Well, not and that, that, the that path, right, can mm -hmm. take you, I think, in such interesting places, but it also helps you learn about yourself. So I would imagine in your job now, you can really understand that growth and development and exploration that happens when people are studying, right? That it's not just about picking the perfect thing and then doing it. There can be a lot of ways to get there. Which is challenging because as when I was in an academic advising role, it was undeclared first time, you know, coming in freshman and they are so, ex and it was fun to have those conversations to get really excited about all these different careers. Well, all that made me want to do was do all of those different careers. It was quite a hazard. <laughs> yeah. They all sounded like so much fun. I built them up too much. Um, so I haven't really stayed put, you know, I, I really, it's still higher education with an actual, I was a 911 dispatcher for two years in the middle of all of that. I quit, oh. um, I quit work when my second was my second um, child was born and I was kind of stay at home mom for a while. I really wanted to do that and I loved it, but then I wanted money. Right. So now money is also nice. Yeah. Sometimes it could yeah. be quite important. Yeah. Um, so there was a part-time, you know, ad in the newspaper, part-time dispatcher, I'm like, sure. So I did that for two years and then saw like the, the dream director job, you know, at, at, in the institution was available. And so then I popped back into higher education and, um, you know, kind of moved, still even moved around then. And so now wow. I'm really happy where I'm at. So let's answer the next question that I have for you, Tessa. How did we meet? How do we know each other? Okay. So um, through my job, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I attended a conference and it was kind of I, my, my purpose of attending this virtual conference was to learn how to better mentor students and to kind of set up this mentoring program between alums and faculty and students. And um, so in this training, we um, there were probably 40 of us in this training and there yeah. were quite a few people from Canada, which I had never attended a conference before that had a nice presence of um, people from another country in general, right? Right. It was, we've always been so domestic. Um, And I think that that's one of the, one of the um, experiences that we've been able to have that have been positive during such a horrible time of COVID um, is that we have been able to have these virtual connections and I could, because I don't know that we would have met otherwise. Oh, no. Well, maybe at Disney because we both love it. We would have right. just, I feel like Get each other in line, we would have, we would have chatted to each other in line and then established a connection. Like, I feel like that could have happened. That that's a true statement. Yeah, absolutely. That is something that I would yeah. do. Yeah. Um, but so then they put us in these breakout rooms to kind of practice, you know, um, counseling each other and Meg and I ended up in a room together and in the get to know you um, I learned about 40 things at 40 and it was kind of like a statement and she moved on so she you know you weren't pushing it um, but yeah I I hope I wasn't like aggressive like I'm doing this thing you must follow it (laughs) and then I was like can we leave the conference now and just talk (laughs) for like the rest of the day yeah Um, and then so so you had had introduced me to Seuss on on uh, email and the here we are here we are i know i have to ask you both if you had to pick your favorite thing about disney because you're both disney what do you call yourselves disneyphiles i don't even know that's the word fancy what would be your like number one thing you love about disney both of you magic it's magical it's whimsical it's about childlike wonder and joy and having moments where you get to tap into that feeling that you get to do something with your kid that she loves and you love just as much. So when you look at each other, you, you find something that adults and children can both participate in that for me, that's what I love about it. I would, I would certainly agree with that. I think what made me fall in love with it, right? I think I, I, that I think was a bigger, a bigger moment for me. What I, so I, I grew up in South Florida. Um, so I had season passes to Disney world because that's what you do when you live in Florida. You vacation at the beach and Disney for a weekend, right? Um, but, you know, as I grew older, I was like, Disney's ridiculous. I don't like Disney. Like, it's all it's all fake. Well, then I had children and everything changes. And so um, we ended up going to Disneyland. I had never been and we were visiting family in California. And so we're like, let's, let's spend a couple days at Disneyland. And it, I was really expecting to feel very overwhelmed. I was really expecting there to be crowds and mayhem and chaos, and there just wasn't. Mm-hmm. Every single person that works there, no matter what their job was, was welcoming, was happy, was excited and engaging with, my, with me and my husband, but with my kids. One of my, we didn't know this, but my son at the t- my younger son was terrified, hated the characters. And then my older son wanted all the characters and they were, they, they figured it out. They figured out a way to engage with my older son while not terrifying my second son. And um, it was our very last day there. And we wanted um, to see cars land lit up at night 
if you the movie cars my kids loved it, it and it was so amazing to see them take a movie and make it into real life it, it yeah. felt so real and it was beautiful they did such great work I, I was i was amazed at the amount of talent that goes into building a place like disneyland and disney world and so um we had left to let the kids nap and we wanted to come back in to see cars land at night it was the only time we were going to see it and we thought we're probably never even coming back to disneyland and i couldn't find my tickets we had misplaced them no yeah. And so it was, it was two hours before closing and we had gotten stamps on our hands as we left, but to get back in, you have to have your stamp and your ticket. And they didn't bat an eye. They let us in. They knew how wow. excited we were. Cause I was, cause I looked at Wayne and I was like, I'm so sorry. We're not going to see cars land lit up at night. And the woman just was like, Oh no, you are like, they, they just do everything that they can to yeah. make your experience magical. They do. Yeah. It's so totally immersive. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. All the yeah. things. One of the things about me, you don't get short answers. <laughs> I got oh, a story I get, for relate. It's all good. <laughs> and I think it's so, you know, when we have these conversations, it, it really shows what things you value, right? Right at the top, you said relationships are really important to you. Well, what's more relationship driven than the folks at Disney relating to your kids, relating to you, wanting to create this environment that's so meaningful. So I love hearing these longer answers, Tessa. It's wonderful. Great insight, Suze. So well done. <laughs> How would you describe your 20s and 30s, Tessa? Yeah, so my 20s, you know, by the time I was in my 20s, I was like, okay, I, I think I was um, very driven. Um, I wanted yes, I wanted to go to graduate school and this is my degree and this is, this is, and I want the husband and the, the house and, um, you know, late twenties realized, oh wait, we do want kids, have kids, you know? So it was that, um, checking the boxes, you know, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that, this is my guide to a happy life. Check, check, check. Um, and a lot of, um, learning and growth and trying really hard to like achieve, I, I oh, really, yeah. I was a, I was a climber at work. I really wanted to like get the next position, you know, work my way up into like a, the, the, the big D, the big director, like that's what everybody wants, you know? So, and <laughs> of course you always like look back, you're like, oh, I'm so naive or, you know, like just, you thought you knew it all, but you really didn't. Yes. Um, and then my thirties, I don't remember. It was such a whirlwind of chaos that I really, <laughs> there are so many things that like, I, I don't, I actually don't know what happened. I see pictures and that helps. Um, but in my thirties, um, you know, when I, when I was 30, I had my second child. And then through my thirties, I became a stay at home mom. My yeah. older son was diagnosed, um, you know, with special needs. And so learning how to be, um, the appropriate mother and learning how to advocate and learning what um, you can control and what you can't control. And right. then all of a sudden my younger son being high achieving, it's like, oh, well, I, let me learn all over again. And so it was like my thirties were learning things and that I never would have expected would have been my life in my twenties. Like just this constant, like, oh, oh, you thought that's how this was? 
no, let's change that. Let's, let's erase and start over. Right. Um, and then, yeah, and changing jobs. And then really my late thirties has been a complete 180 from who I was in my twenties where I don't care about my career as being number one. I don't care to climb. I kind of don't want responsibility <laughs> at work. Like give me my job. Please don't make me responsible for others. You know, I, I did yes. that and I realized, um, yeah. So, so like my, my thirties really were um, <sighs> determining and defining like what my values are. Um, you know, I, I thought I had had them before. And well, I did, I did have values before. My values were working hard and achieving and goal setting and making money and making um, progress and, um, you know, leading others. And so now more of those foundations of like supporting others and, and helping them achieve the best that they can be um, while giving myself the space and time to really be a wife and a parent and a sister and a friend and a daughter um, because I like those things so much more. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that's kind of, I've, I really feel like a very different person sometimes, um, but still, you know, just kind of lost and clueless every mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds, it's, it's so interesting because I think about, comes up again and again, right? That sense when we're younger of this checkbox, right? This idea that who you're supposed to be at a decade and what you get pushed to do versus what you really want to do, right? Because back in the day, why would you have picked, I want to climb the ladder. I want to be in a position of authority. Maybe it's because you thought you should or mm -hmm. uh, the perceived stature or you think about extra income or I always want to be growing. And then it's interesting how, that was a piece of advice given to me that in your forties, it's all about claiming what you want and just saying, that's what I want and not feeling as much pressure to be a certain way, but being who you are more authentically. And then I just think it grows exponentially until we get to the eighties. And then we just say anything we think with like zero filter. That is my goal of life is to get to 80 and just be like my grandma who just says, whatever, whatever comes to her head. She doesn't put it through a filter. It's just literally from brain to the mouth out. That's the goal. Isn't it funny seeing your parents start to get that way? Yeah. I know I'm starting to see that. My mom never had a filter. She 100% <laughs> listens to this and I know she will hear this and know she never had a filter. Um, we talked about too much at the dinner table. So I can only imagine what she's going to be like at 80. It's going to be off the rails. Sorry, mom. <laughs> totally going to hear it. Um, all right. So we've got your 20s checking those boxes you know, uh, steps and, and progression and ambition and hard work. And then your thirties are this whirlwind of kids, young kids, uh, challenges, adjusting work, being busy, that sort of energy, which has been, and now you're settling into your late thirties and it's adjusting to what do I want? Who am I? You know, what's this next chapter going to be? Okay. Well then how do you feel about turning 40 and what's your plan to celebrate? So it's going to be in September. So we've got some time, which is actually probably going to work to your benefit, but how do you feel about turning 40 and what are you planning on doing on your actual birthday or around there to celebrate? So I feel like I don't really know how I'm 40, like how, how did that happen? Mainly because like I said, my thirties were a blur yeah. and my memories of my twenties are stronger than like the memory of 20 minutes ago. 
Right. So, you know, it feels like I, I'm kind of surprised that I'm here already. Um, I almost feel like I don't deserve to be here yet. Like, oh, no, I'm not. I don't have it all figured out yet. Because being younger, you think, oh, you're in your 40s. You know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I don't want anyone to think that of me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so I, I really do feel like, yeah, I'm 40. Like, okay. Um, I, I, so I don't think that it will, you know, be some crazy, crazy difference. Um, so I think me, when I thought about turning 40, it's like, yeah, I'm turning 40. And there like was no sense of anything with it. Yeah. Um, but what I have learned over these past however long, what, six weeks, eight weeks since I've met Meg yeah. um, and since I've started following. This whirlwind um, relationship we've had, Tessa, yes. And, and reading and listening to Seuss talk about what she's doing and Meg and like, um, it actually is making me think about, well, no, like make this mean something, you know, and, and let's have a reason to celebrate me in a way, you know, like, well, I, certainly don't celebrate me. You know, you celebrate everyone else, but yeah. how often do almost 40 year old women celebrate themselves? Yes. Not very many. So, I mean, I think I would love to say that there would be some grand trip, right? Um, I would love to take a trip, just me and my husband. We've only done two. Um, and that was on our 10 year anniversary. And then like a few months later for my um, stepbrother's wedding. Um, but who knows what COVID is going to allow. Yeah. So I think I just, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I know that um, when I turned 30, my husband had this whole big surprise party thing planned. And so I don't know if he has plans, <laughs> but I, um, I think I do want to do something. I think we just have to get closer to September for yes. me to ever know. Mm -hmm. what is on the table because you know what I want I want to go to Banff we were supposed to go there oh. um, last May I was going to go to a conference there and that was going to be our 15 year wedding anniversary trip but you know COVID so I think it would be nice to do a 40 slash anniversary fun something um, but also um, you know I figure like any time in 40 would be fine if we yes. get a fun oh, yes yeah. And you've created an incredible 40 things list. Yes. Which is now up on the 40 things yeah. at 40 Facebook page for everybody to have a look at. But tell us a little bit about your list and how you chose what to include. Yeah. You know, so it's interesting. And I don't know if other people feel this way um, as they're thinking about a list, whether or not they feel comfortable sharing it. But, um, you know, a friend of mine, she put hers up there first. Jen I know. Lift. I loved it. She beat me. She did great. Um, and I have a few other people that have kind of dabbled in it. And it's funny that once you get to about 20, 25, you're, it's like, uh oh, now what? <laughs> it, it was kind of flowing really quickly. And then I think for me, I started slipping into the what other people say women should want when they're 40, yes. losing weight, fitting yeah. in my old dress, blah, 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 you know, having these financial things. And um, also there were so many things that I've already done. We have really tried not, 
that sounds not in a conceited way. Like <laughs> we have tried very hard to, um, yeah, live our life. Right. Like, as I had said before, when I, when I was with, um, that, um, the boy at the, um, at the hospital, like I think about him and, and often and, and try to like recognize, like, I don't want, you know, if I get struck by, but hit by a bus tomorrow, I'm good. Like I've, I've mm-hmm. done so much. And, and so, so, so then it was hard thinking about like, well, what haven't I done, you know? And so we have certain things that um, we're still working on. And I thought of another one last night that I want to swim in all five great lakes. We've swam in three of them. So I still have Huron. I've seen them, but I didn't get in them. So I have Huron and um, Erie. Oh, Huron's so, my go-to. That's oh, the one I yeah. swim in the most. <gasps> yeah. We're Michigan. Like right. Michigan is the one we've been in the most. Um, but just during COVID um, last September, we went up to Superior, Lake Superior, up in the UP, yeah. and mm-hmm. got um, a tent on Lake Superior. Like, there's the water. Um, and so that was really cold to swim in in September. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally yeah. very cool. Yes. I feel like I see a road trip in your future, Tessa, and you and Megan can do Lake Huron. Yeah. we meet. So maybe we can meet and yell across the lake at each other. We find wherever that borderline <laughs> Where is. Where it is. We can meet at the Rainbow Bridge in Niagara Falls. And um, there we go. Yeah, I know. It's a weird time to think about. It's funny to me that there's so many times you're interested in coming to Canada because Susan and I have so many things that we want to do stateside. So it's like we have, I mean, it just goes to show our borders are connected, but people go back and forth all the time. That's why being close has been so hard, right? Because it limits both of us on where we can go, what we can do. And, and that it's a, it's a big deal when you grow up here, like going back and forth. I mean, I, we live really close to the border. Something like 80% of Canadians live within two or three hours of the border. It's, it's, it's a lot, like a lot of us live really close um, to the American border. And we are probably less of us because it's too cold. Right. So do you wonder if like more of you live to the border because it's warmer? Totally. A hundred percent live. Yes. Yes, we do. I mean, you go some far parts up north, although it's not like, it's always fun to remember that where I live is farther south than I think Minnesota. Back to your list. My list. So when I was making it, um, I think that I wanted to do two things. I wanted it to like I, I really did want to kind of go with the way you had described it to me in the beginning was that you would do it while you're 40. And so I was trying to think of things that, um, you know, are doable, but also, you know, as you two experienced, you know, the pandemic throws a giant wrench in things. Um, so I really did try to think of some things that really are doable. And then I figured um, I'm pretty good at well, my husband and I both, you know, we, we do enjoy traveling. So I don't, I mean, I don't really think that, um, you know, adding a lot of travel, even though that's what we would want to do, it doesn't really feel outside of, I I wouldn't have to stretch myself much on that. So I tried to think of things that, um, that, you know, would, would stretch a bit. Um, the season Northern lights will, of course, but I like, I like really want to see them like in real person. Yes. But I don't think that that's going to happen because you have to just really be, well, out of the United States for one. So that, that will be within my 40s. Um, we are actually, there are, a, you know, I, I was thinking about a few things. Um, 
you know, that, that might be kind of in the forties a little bit. And I was okay with that, but I really did want to keep to what can I do, you know, in, in this time and to make sure that they really were for me and not for the perception of others with me. Yes. Amen. Yeah. And, and it's so hard, you know, because it's like, oh, you know, I want to be able to, you know, like do this type of activity or, you know, eat better or drink this or, you know, and I'm like, yeah, but I don't actually like those things. So <laughs> That's why mine going, if you notice one of the things on my list is wear a two piece to the beach, not get in shape and wear a two piece to the beach. It's to take this body in a bathing suit that I wouldn't normally wear to the beach um, and, and to be okay. Although I will say, as I have approached 40, I am that person who's a lot more comfortable in my bathing suit. Like I will stay in it. I don't have the cover up or the wrap anymore. I'm just like sitting at the picnic table, rolling together, um, being like, that's all right. Like I'm, I'm, growing, I'm growing into that a lot more um, as I get older. And I, I love that part of aging. I love the part that's more embracing. So yes, I get that spirit, right? They're not, I'm going to fix all these things about myself that I've been putting off forever, but I'm going to love and accept myself for who I am and really lean into that and not be deficit-based. And I'm glad that that's how you came at it too. And I think that that is something that is only available for women that are turning 40. A woman who is turning 30 just isn't going to be given that I, we just, we don't have it then. We don't have it yet. So I think- Or only like rare, like unicorn people who like truly pull it off when they're 32. I know. I know. I love Beautiful. Those. Yeah. Um, so then it was just some things that I thought like, okay, what have I said? I've always wanted to and just didn't. And one of them came to me this, this last um, March 17th. Goodness. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. I've always wanted to drink green beer. I've never drank green beer. I'm like, I'm putting that on the list. <laughs> so it was kind of fun to like have the list handy. And then as like weird things kind of pop up, you know, that you can, that you can throw it, throw it down in there. Um, my, my dad kind of has his own company and my sisters have worked it. Um, but I haven't, I've actually never it's kind of, it's kind of harder work and you might run up on some snakes or some alligators and that terrifies me, but I'm like, I want to accomplish that. That's, I'm going to do it. So like, you know, I want to, I want to work for a day. I love like, like those ponchos, like you just put your head through and like your body's swathed in like comfortable fabric and it hides all the things you want hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I can never find one that looks the way I want it to look. And I'm like, I know how to sew. I'm going to make one. So, you know, that was kind of fun. I felt like I was able to pull in some of my creative side um, and break out my sewing skills. Um, and then, um, you know, and some of them were, I, I love gardenias. So, and I see gardenia plants for sale at the store and it might die two months after I buy it but it's 20 bucks. I can spend exactly. 20 bucks on mm-hmm. some gardenias. Um, I've always wanted to play chariots of fire on the piano. I've heard it's actually quite easy and I have a piano. Um, so I'm just going to do it. Um, I think some of them are also, I, I wanted to think about not just all about me. Right. Yes. And 
one of the pieces was I do really, I have really enjoyed this process um, of really reflecting on what have I said I've always wanted to do and, and are there barriers that are easy to take down to do the thing. Um, and and um, I just, I because I'm 39, I have other friends who are 39 or around that age. And so I really want to encourage others, which I did. So Jen posted hers, I can check that off my list, but I'm going to work for some more while I'm actually 40. Um, but then I would like to look at their list. Like I would like to look at every list that you post and figure out, is there a way that I can help every list get at least one thing checked off, you know, like what, how can I help? Um, so, so Meg, when you cut, when you go to Disney, I'll meet yep. you there. We'll go to the beach and we'll stand on the ocean in bikinis and I'll take a picture. I love great. it. I well, love it. Not, yeah. not let's be clear. Tessa. Let's not, right. let's not push ourselves. <laughs> let's not get arrested. <laughs> Nobody wants that. For it's me. supposed to be an empowering experience. I want empowered light. I want to lightly empower myself, um, not push myself. Well, now that's a catchphrase. Um, so I'm happy about that. And then, you know, one of the, the other big things on my list that, that really hit home are really kind of like, yes, this one, if I do nothing else on my list, especially during this, the, the COVID and the pandemic and everybody's doing the best that they can, you know, and um, I'm constantly thinking like, oh, you know, I really should thank this person for fill in the blank. And, and I just never do. You know, you always think it, you always think, oh, I should send them a note of encouragement. I should do this. And then I just don't, I don't do it in the moment and it gets away from me. So I want to, you know, have 40 notes of appreciation or thanks, or how are you doing handwritten um, because we don't do that anymore either. And just to really um, just thank people because I think especially going into next year, you know, mm. we're still going to be tired and weary and yeah. exhausted, you know? Yeah. So, um, so I'm really excited about that too. So that should be, should be fun. So, yeah. And then some of them are just silly. Like, um, let's see, we, we have a canoe. I want to fish from it. I've, I haven't been fishing in our canoe, so that sounds fun. Now's the time. And I want to host an afternoon tea because, you know, that's fun. Oh, and that's for Christmas, great that is a great one. Yeah. We have like a, a, a Queen's tea room um, nearby. And yeah, like it's the full tea. And I love everything about it. And it makes me feel very girly because I live in a house with three testosterone bearing humans. Um, so to invite some girls over for a tea and we can dress up and maybe Come wear the sandwiches. Hat. Yes. Yes. And I have a pretty teapot. So yes, I'm. Some of them are just fun. <laughs> That's awesome. You'll have to take some pictures and share them back with us. We'd love to see your progress and what you're learning and experiencing and enjoying. This is wonderful. Yeah. All right. Well, um, true to form, Tessa, we have chatted for a long time. So I want to say from Susan and I, it's been, I have loved 
getting to know you. I love that we've never met in person. We've only met virtually. And the more time I spend with you, the more I enjoy you and think that you're just uh, an absolute terrific, fantastic, incredible person. And I'm so grateful that you've been our international connection of someone who also really liked this idea. Cause I think it speaks to some people in different ways and whether they're the kind of person who wants to share, or maybe you're the kind of person who wants to just listen and maybe think for yourself about how you can get outside your comfort its own but finding people who really want to push themselves a bit and get on top is is just exciting for both for for susan and i too so we're just so grateful and, and happy to have had you on the podcast thank you it's been so much fun i've enjoyed my time with both of you and and you know having a little bit of girl time it was a lot of fun If you want to know more information about our list and see what we're going to be tackling this year, we'll put the 40 Things at 40 Facebook link in the show notes.